this is Cinema Parlor from the future past. We are going to spoil the shit out of this movie. It's a very good movie. If you have not seen it, watch the movie, listen to the episode. Do that. And it'll be great for you. Tell them to watch the movie. Watch the movie. Tell them the spoilers. Spoilers ahead. Watch the movie. Thank I'm you. Nolan. You don't <laughs> love me, I'm sure. <laughs> Spoiler alert! <laughs> Richard Chance is a federal agent who will cross the line if he has to. I want my paper, Jeff. I told you I don't have it. Get it. Rick Masters is a counterfeiter who killed Chance's partner. When do I get delivery? How about Friday night? If I don't hear from you by Friday, I'm coming back to get this. It's understandable. French Connection is back on the street again to live and die in L.A. I was looking at the time. I really thought you were like... And then you jumped the gun. You were upset with me. Maybe you were tired of flipping me off or... I will never get tired okay. of flipping you off. Well, that was... I'm sorry. Fuck you, I buddy. mean, you know what? I did it before you could get it in. So, you know, I did something for myself. Anyway, I'm Nolan. Stacy Glover. Melanie Daniels. And you're listening to Cinema Parlor. I hope everyone had a lovely Thanksgiving, and we're going to be discussing William Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A. But before we do, what are we drinking today, everybody? I'm drinking Four Roses bourbon straight on the rocks, as the Lord intended. I've got scotch, just J&B. What would McCready do? Melanie. Pouring it into a computer later. <laughs> I you might, depending angry. on how this episode goes. <laughs> Please don't pour it on my That's computer. It's a lot of pressure. Apple cider whiskey Ugh. from Evan Williams, topped with normal apple cider. Uh, Stacy, you want to go first today? So since it's been like holiday times, been watching Lethal Weapons. So watch one and two. Lethal Weapon we covered for our Christmas episode last year. So we did. you should go listen to it. It's a fun movie. Two might be better. I was going to ask you, do you think two is better than one? I think two is a better movie than one overall, but I think one's got better highs. And that intro is so killer. I'm a full proponent of number two. I get that. Yeah. The ending of number one is kind of mega lame. We've covered it. Sure. Yeah. I also started playing Marvel's Spider-Man, replaying that. The PS5, they did a remaster of it, yeah. which is kind of weird that they remastered a game that was like two years old, but... You know, it looks great. It's got the nice HDR with sure. the 
the lighting Can makes you really everything tell look good. On that game, because whenever it uh -huh. came out, it was so highly regarded for graphics and how beautiful it was. Yeah, yeah the PS5 running it at like sixty frames in four K with the HDR. Do you want to talk about anything else? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I got hit by a car. Oh man. Like, it's nothing. Then you, you made a joke a about it. Well, I mean, you didn't act like Because obviously was... we can see that you're fine. Obviously, yeah. Well, and it was, I mean. I have it on a sidewalk. I was following the rules of engagement. Yeah. You were being a. Uh, I was just walking. I, you know, a as a good citizen. You know what? It's like 70 degrees in December. Mm. I think I'm just going to go on a walk for lunch. Nobody's here. They all left. Sure. So it's like, maybe I'll leave. Maybe, maybe instead of eating that healthy choice bowl I brought in, mm. maybe I'm going to go have a cheeseburger. Mm. That sounds good. Not even a five minute walk. Yeah. Walking on the sidewalk. Car just sitting there. SUV. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're a little into the sidewalk. So that's annoying. But you know, I do my stop. I always yield because mm -hmm. sure. even though I have the right of way, I yield. Because well, it's scary out there. Oh, yeah. Because you never town. know with people, I mean, right? Yeah. Uh, I won't go into specifics, but our town is a nightmare. I make it, like, I start crossing halfway in front of this person, and they just start driving into me. So it's like, they hit me in the hip. They're, like, going, like, five miles an hour. Like, it's not, it wasn't, like, a big impact or anything. Could have easily just been, since they didn't stop, you got out of the way, thankfully. Or they could but, have pushed me into traffic. Yeah, you could have gotten pushed into traffic, you could have gotten ran over, or you could have wound up on top of their vehicle. And my <laughs> whole thing with this is, I want to know the story on the inside of the vehicle. So you mm. said that you, like, slammed the... Yeah, I got real mad, because I always get mad when shit happens. Sure. So it's like, I planted my feet, which, like, I'm not going to win so that fight. Like fight or and flight and rage, and you just full... I, full rage. I always just full rage. And <laughs> so I smack my hand on the hood of their car, like, what the fuck are you doing? And they just kept going. At that point, it's like, well, I gotta get ran over or I gotta go. So I, like, did this, like, pivot hop thing. And then my hip locked up like oh, an man. old man. Mm. So it's like my hip. And so it's like my well, leg was I think cramped part and of I had that to, like. Has to do with the car well, yeah, I mean, a car hit it too. <laughs> but, man. And they just drove off as if like none none of that ever happened. So, like didn't slow down. Didn't like like oh shit I hit a person. Nothing. Okay, what I no stopping the story in the car. So it's one of like three things. One they fully didn't see you, which is a viable option in this town. That they just had no idea. Even though you're oblivious, like six one, six two, a large like Sasquatch of a man. I'm I'm NFL linebacker size right now. They were just totally oblivious, and they were they were looking at which way they were turning, and they were turning out. They didn't even see you, so you don't even exist to them. Or they see you, and they're like, whoa, that person just hit my car. Like, you were the one that did the hitting. Like, I ran up out of nowhere and just, like, Smashed. gorilla slammed on yeah, their car. Exactly. You Donkey Konged it. Mm -hmm. Or they saw you, they realized they hit you, and they got scared and ran. I think it was probably number three, like... Oh shit, I just committed a crime. I gotta get out of here. Get the F out. I feel like I would have ran, sprinted towards I don't think them. Under, so they were driving. I'm on their car. Like, they're like. You're like a hood ornament at this point. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm a little sore. I'm glad but I'm you're fine. All right. I, I walk most places, and this is the first time this has happened. And. Walking I feel around. like maybe the expectation That's, would be that it never happens. Right, that you just right. never get hit by a vehicle. It should be. Just a couple things real quick. <laughs> I don't know how to follow up to that. But uh, I have been going through the 
Fast and Furious series slowly but surely. I'm up to number four. So I watched Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious, which I think is a okay movie. There are things I like and dislike about it, but it, it's kind of middling. I, I am definitely looking forward. Next up is the rewatch of Five, which I have not seen Ooh, in a number yeah. of years. So Best I'm very series. looking yeah. forward to that. So it's a fun one. Um, yeah. So that that's where I'm at there. Uh, I also watched a uh, ridiculous uh, movie by the name of Fat Man, which uh, oh, I got told to watch this recently. I, I was not a fan. Now it's Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson does. Uh, he he plays Santa Claus mm-hmm. in this movie, and he. Uh, is being hunted down by Walter, uh, oh, sorry, Walton Goggins, who's a hitman who has been hired by a, a child. Uh, this, I, I was actually uh, kind of, <laughs> I thought this would be a fun movie. And I was, I, to be honest, I was quite bored during, uh, throughout the duration, which was um, disappointing, I'll say. But for those interested, uh, it is streaming, I think, on... Uh, possibly amazon or Tubi or something would not give a recommend for me but for those that enjoy it so be it but uh, it was not a uh, is rare exports your favorite of the evil santa movies that's that's a fun movie that was fun i enjoyed that somewhat yeah adam Naiman just recently uh, released a book on david fincher that i just purchased it's called mind games uh, the work of david fincher and it basically just goes through his whole filmography yes how big of the book is dedicated to Alien 3 and I its have, greatness. I'm guessing a whole section. I think yeah. there's a whole section on each each of his films and also uh, the show he did for Netflix. Um, Mindhunter. Mindhunter, yeah. Um, so anyway, I, I enjoy Adam Naiman a lot. I think he's a great critic. And he's also written books on Paul Thomas Anderson and the Coen Brothers. And a book on Showgirls, which he's a big fan of, which I love. So We'll cover that eventually. Absolutely. Melanie, what about you? What have you been up to? Well, I'm I haven't finished The Hobbit, but I'm I'm a good chunk of the way through that. It's not very long. I just haven't yeah. been reading very much of it. Once Are you long, enjoying your reread? Yeah, I love that book. Did you have you read I that? have actually read that book. I was gonna say, is that the only one you've read because you, <laughs> you haven't read Lord of the Rings? You I've had never, to read no. it in school. Didn't I did you? have to read that in school, yes. <laughs> I've never read the Lord of the Rings books, but I have let, read The Hobbit, yes. Yeah. I'm surprised you haven't read Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Well, to be honest, I actually started the first one when I was younger. And I made did it to the to forest. I did. Like, no. And then I'm out. I'm done. I'm sure, again, I'm not ripping. Whenever I read Lord of the Rings, sometimes I skip over some of the Tom Bombadil stuff. That's fair. I've read it enough that I do know it. Sure. But sometimes I'm like, I just skip a little bit. <laughs> I just skip a little bit. I like to fall asleep during that part of reading. <laughs> it's I, comforting. You know, I like Tom Bombadil. I do too. I think it's very entertaining that there's just... This all-powerful being that is just so flippant that they couldn't trust him with the ring because he would have no use for it. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's funny. That's, that's like, yeah. well, we can't go to Forest God because he just wouldn't care. At all. Yeah. He would lose it. He would just throw it away. Because it would be, yeah, something that it's like a crumb to him. Yeah. It's so good. Tom Bombadil's <laughs> fucking awesome. No, I do like Tom Bombadil, but it's not, you know, there's, there's punchier parts. All I can say is I don't have the patience for it, but I do respect Tolkien as a writer I'm not ripping him it's just for me it's I don't have the patience for it before part of the reason why I'm kind of like dragging my heels going through the Hobbit is I need to rebuy nice copies of those books before I go through I watched a couple of Studio Ghibli films I rewatched uh Howl's Moving Castle Totoro 
love Totoro so much. So cute. It's... Oh, I've been watching some Christmas stuff. I I watched While You Were Sleeping. I hmm. got blocked by someone on Twitter for oh, no. posting about it. For posting about While You Were Sleeping. I posted and I just said something. Like, it's like, yeah. not even, it's not a hot take. It's just like, <laughs> I said something <laughs> like, While You're Sleeping is a delightful holiday romp. Something they didn't like, like that. that. And a guy, a, a film, it was a man, a film bro. I shouldn't oh, yeah. say whatever, yes. but they commented a bunch of things and they were sending me gifts and I was getting all these notifications and mm-hmm. sometimes I'll just set my phone down and I don't pay attention and sure. I come back and I'll like yeah. look through whatever notifications I have. So I clicked onto it and I was going to respond and he had blocked me before he, so he sent you a lot of gifts and then he blocked he sent you me gifts, comments. And he said something, which I couldn't see it. I just saw like oh, the man. notification banner thing of it. And it said something like lost highway, David Lynch, something oh. other. And I, I think that he was upset that I, I post a lot of like, so, so I'm going to, I'm going to act like I'm in this man's mind for okay. a second. So explain to he me thought what maybe you were like, a quote unquote, he's oh, this is a a film girl that's like really into Lynch and things that I like. And then she the posted second I posted she some posted basic, something that he didn't like. I posted a basic bitch. And then thing. oh, we're done. Yeah. Question. Yeah. People on the internet act like this. Yes. I mean, they're like there film are, people. There's yes. People out oh, there. Oh, film Twitter. No offense. There's film a lot Twitter, going on there. Film Twitter can be a real hodgepodge of things it can be great at times it can be and i think uh, for girls very upsetting at times i'm gonna say for ladies specifically there's a lot of uh it's fact men it's tough for the ladies that out there. like girls I will, will post something absolutely and then agree the men come and no offense and i'm not they gotta they gotta tell you what's what about what you posted mm-hmm. on the internet yes mm-hmm. where you could just I, it's as listen, if you don't know but here's the thing is i'm always fine if someone's excited to talk about a thing sure. love engaging with people oh, yeah. that's the whole point of social media this was just right this was funny to me yeah but so the thing that i get frustrated i think is there's there's a difference between giving an opinion or or saying or or conversing about something in a constructible way and then yeah. also like just out of nowhere say oh you're an idiot. You're wrong. Why'd you post this? This is an awful movie. This is an awful take. Like, why? <laughs> it's why insane. is this a thing that people feel so strongly that they have to give this opinion? Yeah, and about? I would have never known that that person blocked me. And I don't care. Like, sure. I don't ever pay attention. I don't mm-hmm. it, like follower stuff. Like, what? I don't care. Yeah. Like, it's I like the people I interact with on social media. Right. That's it. But I only knew it because I was I got back on my phone and I logged back in and I was yeah. like whoa what happened and then it was like you can't see these tweets this person like <laughs> yes. I was, and then i clicked mm-hmm. on their profile and this was somebody that like i had conversed like yeah. here and there back and forth on sure. things so i was just like whoa Man, that got happened? spicy real yeah. quick he really hated while you were sleeping he hated it so much which that to me <laughs> oh just makes God. it funny i don't love it it's fine but it's fine it's fine it's i i kind of I, it's not something i would fight anyone over i'll be honest i've never seen the movie maybe someday i'll watch it but that's not the point the point but like is being so mad at someone because they <laughs> liked something that you didn't yeah. that they would get so upset to block a person yeah it was really funny sorry i like this is like such a stupid tangent but i just thought it was funny i think it's quite it's, funny as well it's like and a little perfect, disheartening but also funny. but it's like the perfect of like 
film Twitter. It's sure. a crazy, crazy crowd. Crazy world out there. <laughs> well, there are equations that you can objectively prove that, you know, which art is greater. <laughs> I, I just... Like, everybody I, knows that, Melody. I just didn't expect, like, for me to post a thing and someone be like, David Lynch, bah! and then, mm -hmm. like, delete me out of mm -hmm. their whole life. It was yeah. like, okay, all right, I yeah. get it. I like David Lynch, but obviously, you know. You can't like while you were sleeping, and you should probably learn from that. Okay? That's the point of Here's the, the thing. blocking. I could have posted about the holiday, which is not a good film, but I do enjoy it. It's bad. It's you know, not good. Actually, can we talk about that real quick? Yep. I recently watched that myself. Oh, yeah. I'll fucking watch that. Uh, it's not a good movie. I find it highly entertaining. Now, I know that it's can sometimes Cameron, it's say that. It's the Cameron Diaz part that's sure. bad. And she, she is... It's, yeah, that story. It's not her fault because yeah. I do like her. It's terribly written. It's badly written. Yeah, it, it's not a great movie, but it is very watchable. I okay. So I, I find that it is. I think it's a bad movie. Let me just say that Kate again. Kate Winslet but, and the neighbor's relationship. Yeah, I, yeah, like, I like that. Like Those Eli Wall. It is sweet, but I Jude Law crying. You know what? I like Jude Law in the movie. Like I don't mind Jude Law. He's a beautiful man. He looks great. And does, you know, the, does the dad thing do it? Like, does oh, it stir absolutely, something? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it's a movie that I I don't find any redeemable value for. But I also find myself like if it when it's on, like I watched it on Netflix the other day. I started it at like ten at, or twelve at night. Okay, because I get off work late. Yes. Can I just poke a hole in what you just said? Yes, poke it. When it's on, I was on Netflix. Like, you actively okay. chose to watch it. I did. But I'm saying, like, if it was on TV and I had nothing better to do, I'd like probably find myself watching stop. it. Yeah. But yes, I actively chose to watch because I hadn't seen it in a number of years. I'd seen it before. Mm -hmm. But I was, it was a night where I wanted something mindless to put on, but I I didn't really want to think much, but I just wanted to watch something. So, it's so like I put it on. Scrolled, you saw that. You're like, that Yes. Yeah, I watched half of it. I got tired. But the thing is, when I woke up in the morning, I put it back on the TV and I finished the movie. We're getting way off topic. Whatever. I'm just going to say <laughs> real quick. One thing I really respect about the holiday, randomly, is Jack Black. Okay. He is... Miscast? No. I, I, I disagree with you, actually. I like Jack Black in this movie. The thing about him is he is not well, what written. you would call your normal... A normal love interest in a rom-com like he's he's still a decent looking man but he's bigger he is not your normal hunk and i like that in that movie like he, that him and kate winslet work together like i think i find that relationship actually like stimulating for me i, I think it's very well done i understand your issues with it and i whatever but I actually, for someone like me, who is an average-looking man, I find it comforting. The Holidays on Netflix, for those that are interested. Are we ready to get into today's movie? Absolutely. All right. Melanie, this was your choice. Uh, William Friedkin's To Live and Die in L.A. This is kind of his comeback, really, from... He did Cruising before this in, what, 80? And he did Sorcerer in 77. I think that this was considered his comeback really from Sorcerer. Yes. Because he kind of had a slump. People were, I don't know if they were full on looking down, but I know people did not react kindly to cruising. Right. 
Yes, absolutely. And this, I didn't specify the year 1985. So yeah, uh, this was definitely a comeback of sorts for William Friedkin. Before we get into it, uh, initial thoughts on the movie. I will just go ahead and say this was a first time watch for me. I love the hell out of this movie. Uh, I'm very glad you picked it. Uh, I had a great time. It's a great movie and uh, you should all seek it out. I really enjoyed this film. I think it's awesome. I think there's like so much stylish flexing going on here. It's messy at times and a little underwritten in certain aspects, but I think this film's pretty awesome. I love this film. I do agree. There's parts of it that are a little bit, I wouldn't even, I would say clunky. There's some, a little bit of clunkiness. The highs outweigh the lows. So by such a huge margin, I love it. I think the acting's wonderful. I think it's stylized in such a way. Me and Nolan were kind of talking about this before we started recording, where this had a big impact on me and how I view LA. Mm Because I saw it when I was so young that this is kind of the LA that I have in my head. Like, these are the images that I think of. This and heat. Yeah, it it depicts LA in a very interesting way. Mm -hmm. in In a way that I don't think is portrayed very often. In movies, I would say. I found it quite refreshing in that manner. The locations that they use are so good. Yeah, and I really like the themes where they're kind of on the nose. There's so much about authenticity and, and counterfeit. And yeah, I was so excited for you guys to see it. That was like one of the joys Absolutely. of picking this is I knew you guys hadn't seen it. So I was so yeah. excited because I had a feeling that you're both just going to love it. Yeah, I, I really, I can't express how much I like this movie. So, yeah. Do you want to give us a synopsis? Yeah, let's go for it. A federal agent is dead, a killer is loose, and the city of Angels is about to explode. A fearless secret service agent will stop at nothing to bring down the counterfeiter who killed his partner. And with that, we have William Peterson as Richard Chance, Willem Dafoe as Eric Rick Masters, John Hankow as John Bukovich, Deborah Fuhrer as Bianca Torres, John Turturro as Carl Cody, Dean Stockwell as Bob Grimes, and Robert Downey Sr. as Thomas Bateman. And I guess I should also mention uh, Darlan Flugel as Ruth Lanier. Who plays uh, Jimmy? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Uh, Michael Green as Jim Hart. Yeah, I couldn't remember his name. Is there anything else you guys want to say before we get into the film? What you got there? Notes. (laughs) As I turn them through. Let's get into the movie then. To live and die in L.A. These notes are very scattered, so I apologize, but this was a first watch, so... Am I allowed to interrupt you? You can interrupt me whenever you want, because I... Well, you yelled at me, like, be many. once. I mean, I like yelling at you, to be honest. It gives me comfort and joy. All right. You think you're better than me? You feeling strong. Heat of the day, dark of the night. We've got a song playing, To Live and Die in, Amer- in L.A. Uh, this is basically America. William Peterson, Hot to Trot. Uh, Islamic terrorism. We get this uh, kind of setup that he is a uh, agent, uh, yeah, he's CIA a, he's a, basically. No, he's a no. Secret, he's secret, secret service. service. Secret service works yeah. obviously in protecting the president, but whenever yeah. they're outside of DC, there's a lot of stuff where they work with the Treasury Department. Yeah. And we should mention William Peterson. So this is the year before Manhunter. He got hired onto Manhunter because Man saw scenes from this film. So he just back to back two great performances from Peterson in the mid eighties. Both these, yeah, 
What a what a babe. What an actor. I like the intro, and I love the theme song that plays throughout the movie. Is it Wing Chun that did the soundtrack? Yes, Wing Chun did the song. They killed it. It's yeah. great. I thought there was some like strange editing during this intro with the Islam, like the the guy who's going to blow himself up. So yeah. the terrorist segment at the beginning of this was Friedkin wrote this. This isn't the film's based on a book by I think it's Gerald Petovich and this scene he builds this up so you have kind of a setting and it gives you a little bit more with the partners there is some weird editing stuff like the partner coming from below and just grabbing him just like randomly it, just being there it cuts from and then him the explosion in, yeah it cuts from him in the kitchen the partner he's just on the side of the building yeah. pulling yeah. it is really it's a little clunky it's jarring yeah. it's a little jarring I, I will say uh one thing of note that and i, and I think it goes throughout the film is you really come i think friedkin's camera comes to attention here it's it's really moving quite a bit and you'll see a lot of long takes you'll see a lot of panning a lot of rotating camera yeah the cinematographer is is it robert mueller i believe yeah robbie mueller who worked a lot with uh vim vendors Uh, he's he's a great i think that's probably more what he's known for is Mm -hmm. working with Vim, which freaking zone for this he will keep the camera rolling he will tell the actors that he's doing a rehearsal take and he rolls and then he'll be like okay we got it we're moving on to the next thing so actors never really knew he would keep the camera going and he told the cinematographer try to get them as best you can there's no marks so it's like if they're not in the shot, they're not in the movie. That's their fault. Mm-hmm. And he love it. Yeah. So there's a lot of yeah. I wouldn't even because I like it. I do too. But I, it, yeah. knowing that it makes sense with the way it looks and feels because it is kind of there's just long takes and the yeah. way the camera moves. Sure. Well, and essentially, this is pretty damn close to an indie film. Oh yeah, for him. six million dollars. Right. And I mean, you gotta keep. He's not ten years removed from being. The biggest director in Hollywood directing the biggest films. So I'm sure it was quite a change to like go down to a low budget film with a bunch of no names. Yeah. A big criticism at the time when it came out is there were a bunch of no stars, nobodies in this film. It's weird to me that anyone could watch something and be annoyed that there's not a celebrity in it. I think the way the low budgetness, just the way it was shot, I think it gives it a raw feeling to the film a grit that goes with the themes that he's going with i i also think that just in a generalized thing i think it is kind of interesting that you know you are going from this time of like this you could see this as a follow-up of french connection oh for sure there's a lot of dna which i have to admit right now in front of god and everyone i have not seen yet it's a great film that one was kind of like near the beginning of that 70s style like that hard-boiled you know detective with uh you know, like Clint Eastwood. I, now I know Bullet precedes it, but it's like that style of film. And I feel like that style of film had a hard time transitioning to the 80s. You see it with Dirty Harry. He basically, for those later Dirty Harry sequels, is playing in genre. You know, he does a horror film as a Dirty Harry movie. Yeah. He does a Giallo as a Dirty Harry. And then he, like the third film's a, uh, it's like a kind of a black exploitation buddy team up yeah, movie. Yeah, very much so. And I, I think it's interesting that Friedkin, it's kind of like he's putting a stamp on like these morally ambiguous guys from the 70s 
where it's like William Peterson is awful. Like he's he sadistic. is a dirt he's, bag. He's sadistic. He's disgusting. He's an anti anti hero to the yep. to, to such an extreme where I like him because I think William Peterson is so good. The character of Chance is disgusting. Yeah, uh, and it feels he's like such a, a shit bag. A stamp of like you don't like Dirty Harry's politics. Wait till you fucking see this. Yeah. Which I think I mentioned to you off air, Melanie, but I I, I have seen Friedkin's Cruising, and I do think this would be a very interesting double feature with Cruising, uh, because really Pacino, I think his character is very interesting when also looking at Peterson's character in this, and uh, I think it'd make for, for, for a fun double watch there. Yeah. But uh, I think we might do an episode on cruising someday in in, in the oh, future. Oh, we, we most certainly uh, will. Which is another interesting uh, freaking film. We meet uh, Peterson. I'm just I'm I'm going to uh, <laughs> refer to Peterson and Defoe as their names. So I'm sorry to everyone. I you think it'll be better it. for the listeners if you don't get confused. <laughs> You'll make it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Peterson, we meet his uh, uh, partner Jimmy. Uh, he drops a line too old for this shit. As Stacy, I, I believe you said, uh, was two, a couple years before. Yeah, two years Lethal before Lethal Weapon. Yeah. <laughs> Which I love. Uh, great call. Uh, <laughs> we get this really lovely scene of like a scorched earth LA with like this red gel in the background looking like LA is just on fire, which that, I really that keeps, enjoyed. That's a image that you kind of keep seeing. Yeah, you know? it goes throughout. Right after that theme music just busting absolutely wall. yeah the yeah it's so good this, i love it i can see i yeah. typically whenever we record stuff i go back and i try to read reviews from the time period yeah. to just kind of put myself in that yeah. space and there were some comments where people hated the soundtrack because it was too aggressive we talked about this briefly but do either of you know kind of what how this movie was received oh, was it like 17 million yeah it it made it it was yeah. successful because successful, it had such sure. a low budget but yeah. i think it was kind of universally panned at the time but there are some critics like uh roger ebert he really liked this film yeah. i think he he gave it four stars like there's yeah. i think people... he's the only critic that liked it not well received by most. a lot of people understood. it looks yeah. like we're comparing it to miami, miami vice. vice at the time mm, sure let's see oh here's a good blurb from paul Antoniseo from the washington post to live and die in la will live briefly and die quickly in la where god hath no wrath like a studio executive with bad grosses then again, perhaps it's unfair to hold this overheated and recklessly violent movie to the high standard established by Starsky and Hutch. Oh, man. Yeah, there was Sick like burn. another take where someone called it, it's Miami Vile. This is Miami Vice on the West Coast, and it's nasty. Sure. And Which, to me, that sounds so metal. Sure. Yeah, most of them, <laughs> it looks like most critics were trying to compare it to the French Connection, which they're not really similar. I feel like this is more of a stylish flex while french connections more like it's a hard-boiled procedural film but there's definitely dna there for and sure because it's freaking it, i i feel like this is kind of playing on a bigger like more of a man style scale this you know, has more in common with heat let's than go ahead and with the french talk yeah. i think i wrote that in my notes here and we can talk about that right now why not but i i did like one thing i noticed while watching this especially uh, as the movie goes on you can tell this is a freaking film absolutely but in that that opening, I would say even up to the 20 minute mark, I had some real man vibes going into this. I, I don't know what oh, you guys if, thought. If I had taken off the credits and yeah. I told you this was my yeah. man and you had no I would absolutely freaking, believe you. Like, you. Okay. Yeah. 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 
from the music, from... Now, once you get into the meat of it, absolutely. it's Friedkin. It's Friedkin, absolutely. But yeah, the, the, that first little bit, especially in like, also going through Defoe's character, like as we see him, you know, one of the great things man focuses on in his films are how not just his villains, but even his protagonists, they always focus on their job. And so when we see Defoe, like just making his counterfeit, counterfeit money, money, like pure manisms right mm-hmm. there just going through oh, that process i think a really good side by side is in manhunter yeah. whenever they're yeah. analyzing the note absolutely from Dollarhide and yeah. the counterfeit scene That's great i think that there's yeah. so much shared yeah. dna absolutely it's so good another thing that was on my mind very much was when uh in thief when uh we mm. get uh james con uh, james con's character you know Cracking that safe for the first time and going through that process. Yeah, that yes. intro. I thought about that a lot when because James Con was really yeah, absolutely cracking into a safe. Yeah. Willem Dafoe's really doing counterfeit, counterfeit money. money. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, and I feel like a lot of people that like Man's early works like this movie too, just from like yeah. modern criticism that you know you hear people talk and read and stuff. And I think it's because this film has that visual excitement. Yeah, like it is an exciting raw it movie. Is. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, yes, uh, Scorched Earth L.A., uh, we meet Willem Dafoe's character, burn the shit down uh, as he is uh, burning a painting, as we see. I, this is one of the things that, again, is very on the nose, but, so Willem Dafoe, he's a counterfeit mastermind, like, he's, he's an artist with it, he's the best of the best, and the Secret Service is hunting him down. Yep. It's interesting to me that his whole, he's a real artist, he paints, he does these huge murals, and um, self-portraits, and he's done paintings of his girlfriend. He's striving <laughs> for authenticity. Yeah. Everything he's doing is fake. It is so on the nose that he burns a self-portrait, <laughs> yeah. his, his first <laughs> scene. Yep. It rubs your nose in it. It's so good. Yep. And he, I think Willem Dafoe, I looked up, he's only like 30 or 29 when they filmed sure. this. I love the close-ups on his face because it's so interesting to see yeah. him from this time period. I apologize that I don't remember the name of the movie and I'm not looking it up in a second, but where was this compared to... I, I know one of his first films he did was a effort he did with Catherine Bigelow. The time frame between... So Platoon is the yeah. year after this, and I yeah. think that was his like big, big break. So he'd been... Oh, The Loveless. Loveless. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Loveless. So Loveless is 82. It's his second film. He was in Heaven's Gate. I don't even know if we noticed him in it. The Hunger. Oh, sure. He's credited as Youth in Phone Booth. He's in Streets of Fire, which... Oh, yes. Streets of Fire. That movie's fucking amazing. Another movie. And he's young in that. I've got to see that But Streets of Fire, it's like... You you need to see it. I'm not. I, even, I won't even say anything yeah. since you haven't seen it. His performance is. Phenomenal. We should cover it sometime. Absolutely. That soundtrack baller. is. He's he is very good here uh, as as the villain in this film. I think that we missed an opportunity for Willem Dafoe to be a Bond villain. I want like see him, him squaring off with Roger Moore or even Timothy Dalton. Like if we're doing like late eighties, right? I, like I how love, awesome would that be? I love him yeah. against Roger Moore. I actually think that could have been. Very good. No, I don't. Would yeah. you have replaced Christopher Walken in View to mm. a Kill with Willem Dafoe? If I say yes, is that upsetting? <laughs> it's a little weird. <laughs> I love them both. I don't know how I could choose, but you're absolutely right. He should have been a Bond. I think. It, yeah. I I think him. him <laughs> no, I think Willem Dafoe and Grace Jones would have been a more striking couple. Oh, the angles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
But I do, I love all the close-ups of, of Willem's face. There is a lot of specificity on, on his face, absolutely. Yeah, which there is on Peterson. There is, on, well. there is sure. on everybody who sure. does that. He's very yep. up close and personal. And, and Defoe is, is someone, I, I think I mentioned this while we are watching, like, he's an attractive man, but he's very distinctive. He has, as he's gotten older, it's even gotten more pronounced. Because your but, features become more yeah, defined. Yeah, absolutely. And he's very angular. He's an interesting looking man, and... I, I, I've always embraced that about him. Is it mainly for Wild at Heart where you embrace oh, that? The fullest <laughs> embrace in Wild at Heart. <laughs> Real quick, I think we should mention uh, William Peterson's fashion game is uh, fire. Every outfit yeah. crushes it. Yeah, what what a guy. All right, so yes, as we've discussed, William Defoe, he is uh, a counterfeit... Uh, I can't talk. Willem. Willem Defoe. a counterfeit villain y'all how about that so it goes as we talk about it, it goes through this process of of him basically uh, doing his thing here uh i wrote that it was delightfully tactile process aesthetically pleasing it to the senses i don't know about you guys but like watching him do that like i was like yes please so <laughs> oh yeah it's a great scene they, and they fully succeeded in yep. doing counterfeiting yeah there's yep. a interview with willem dafoe on the shout factory disc where he's talking about how he kind of they were filming in the desert doing that scene and there they had a someone on set that was a I don't even know how you say like a professional counterfeit artist okay. but sure. someone that knew how to counterfeit yeah. very successfully and they taught Willem how to do it and there's some some of the shots where you don't see Willem's face mm-hmm. it's actually the counterfeit okay they succeeded in making counterfeit money cuz they printed on both sides yeah. normally in movies they just print on one if they're doing anything that's true because mm-hmm. they were showing like so many shots of people shoving money at, like where you'd see both yeah. sides of it flipped. They print on both sides. Some I think the prop master took some of that money home and just as like n- no nefarious mm-hmm. purpose just did. His son took some of that money and went to buy candy from a candy store ha. and got busted. Oh man. And the government <laughs> came <laughs> and like No way. The U.S. Treasury interviewed William Friedkin, the prop master, some of the actors. Damn. What the fuck is this? And they explained everything, and they were like, we can show you the film. If we need to cut anything out of the scene, if it shows too much on how people can counterfeit, we can cut it. Whatever we can do to still release the film. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. But this scene is insane. It's so good. It reminded me of, like, there's videos that you can find on the internet. People, like doing squeegee stuff. Are you talking about like oddly or, satisfying yeah, content? Like, <laughs> ASMR oddly satisfying. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was I was like kinda, you could watch like a 10-hour yeah. loop and fall asleep. Yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> this is this is great. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Defoe's character basically kills uh, Jimmy, who is William Peterson's partner. Uh he says a line to him, "Buddy, you're at the wrong place at the wrong time." I think something that's interesting about this stuff with Jimmy is because William Peterson is trying to go with him to scout out the warehouse. They think the warehouse has been abandoned. Nobody's using it. But it seems like Jimmy has made a deal because he knows where the cash is. Like, it seems like Jimmy might have been corrupt. Yeah. It does feel that he's trying to keep Peterson because he's three days from retiring. And he he goes by himself on this expedition. Yeah, and that whole scene where we're talking about how insane William Peterson's fashion sense is. It's them standing outside the bar kind of talking to each other and his partner Jimmy's getting ready to go off on this hot tip right before he retires. He makes a point of being, you know, William, or William Peterson's like, I want to go with you. And he's like, no, I got it. Yeah. Like, 
keeping him at ar- arm's distance, and it feels like he knew that this could happen. It's true. So mm-hmm. in a way, it's very sweet and endearing that partnership in this film is such a big thing. It is, yeah. And it's just so silly where you have someone who is retiring, and this is like a trope in a lot of yep. hard-boiled films, right. where it's like, the guy's just 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 about to retire, and he's going to do one more. One last one job. Last or job one last job. And then he's going to pull out of <laughs> yeah. everything, and he's leaving it all behind. That's right. It never works out yeah. that way, ever. It yeah. always ends in tragedy, or just you continue on. It's true. So it's interesting that the reckless nature of these agents that yeah. it's, they constantly choose the wrong thing. No, willingly they know they're stepping into something yeah. and because he doesn't bring William Peterson, it feels like you knew that you could, you were going to die, That it very likely could have happened. Right. Yeah. Cause he still said, you're going to be there for the glory of it. That's like, true. You're going to be there for the bust. Yeah. Yeah. Willem Dafoe and his, his cohort. I don't, know the character's name so i'm sorry they blow up jimmy william peterson's partner we get this scene next where william peterson and the other agents kind of go to the scene where this all took place uh they find the body of jimmy puts things in motion here john Turturro enters the screen uh he is doing some counterfeiting of his own at the airport as he is trying well, to oh no, no no he's um he's the funneling, mule he's funneling the party. mule i'm sorry yes yeah. yes so He's trying to uh, get away with that. Did, did you mention Agent Vukovic? I have not. Yes, that is because he he come. They partner up before this. That's right. Yeah. So William Peterson gets a new uh, agent. I believe his name's Johnny in the film. John Vukovic. John. Yes, as you said, we get an airport chase. Uh, how about that agility and mobility on Will Peterson? Whenever he hops up on the, I don't know what you call it, but in in airports they have those walkways yeah. that move automatically he like hopped up on top of it and ran yeah. against traffic it's great and the airport police were like he can't do that they said before <laughs> they were filming and william like freaking oh yeah yeah we won't do that we won't do that for sure and then peterson was like we've got to do it we're just going to do a rehearsal and if you forget it's crazy things are happening and we've already kind of talked about this you just do the scene so Peterson does it immediately, jumps up and just starts running, and they got in trouble. Man, the love that. The LA. It's so good. I, yeah. I think I mentioned this a number of times. I know <laughs> times in my notes. His, I think his physicality is a lot in this movie. Like, yeah, it it brings a lot to it. I and, agree. And he's mm-hmm. so good. Mm-hmm. Um, the way he moves on screen, I love it. Okay, so yes, William Peterson catches John Turturro. Uh, do you well, like John Turturro in this? I do very much. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. He's yes. really good. I actually will talk about this. My low point. Okay. Because that's fair. Anyway, we'll talk but about it. I yes, John Turturro is so good in this movie. It's I, nice to see yeah. him in this kind of. It is, yeah. Role. Absolutely. Uh, so yes, uh, William Peterson and John Turturro. I'm sorry. I need to try to read my co- my notes here. It's right there. I'm going to break your finger. <laughs> Stacy just flipped off in the one again. I don't know what I wrote. Listening. William and Totoro something combo. I don't know. <laughs> well, he catches him in the bathroom. He does catch him in the bathroom. We'll just leave it at that. All right. Do you like that whenever he opens the first fall, the guy's like, what are you, some kind of weirdo? Some or? kind of weirdo. And it's really funny, that scene. So he catches him in the bathroom. And then the airport security like comes in and like, Freeze! And he's like, no, I'm And then his, and then his partner, partner comes in. Yeah. Johnny comes in, freeze! So you have like this whole great stuff. 
Uh, Rick Masters, uh, so we find out that is William Defoe's character, but I'm still going to call him William Defoe, so sorry everyone. Probably uh, should mention that as I wrote in my notes that Rick Masters is his name. So William Defoe and his lady take down uh, Max, that son of a bitch must pay. Rick uh, shoots the shit out of him. So Hold on. Yeah. You didn't get to why Max should pay. Yeah, so go ahead. Okay, so John Turdo, his character, he's talking Peter or Willem Defoe while he's in jail waiting for arraignment and he's trying to see like if he can get out of there and i think doesn't willem defoe go to dean stockwell yes. who plays the lawyer mm -hmm. um of quantum leap fame yeah mm -hmm. um so he he goes then like what can we do for him like he thinks he's been set up and all this stuff and they go to max's house to find out for sure if he'd been set up yeah and max is just a sleazeball trying to sleep with Willem Dafoe's lady. Of course, he he set him up. Love She's definitely she, honeypotting him. But it's so good. I love her, like, not here. Leaning against the door, the rain coming down. It's wonderful. And then they get on the couch. They're canoodling. That's right. She's not really into it, obviously. Well, and Willem <laughs> comes in in the background. Perfect. And, and we should also let it be known at this time, um, a church across from Max's house is being surveyed by the Secret Service, William Peterson and his partner, John. Mm -hmm. So they're surveying his house, which once Willem Dafoe comes in, he's like, you didn't even notice your house was being, like, he knows surveyed. Everything. Like, yeah. yeah, he's on top of the game. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. All right, uh, so next what I have written down is uh, the William Peterson and uh, his lady Ruth, hot sexy. Important plot stuff before this. Go for it. <laughs> So once Max I told gets, you I'm all over the place here. Once right? Max gets killed, they find out like they slept through the main action. The police arrive, so they run to the crime scene. And in a bit of poor editing for the film, you don't really discover until later that William Peterson stole evidence from the crime scene. Yeah, he stole like a date book essentially. Yeah, yeah. actually, I, that hadn't really occurred to me because there's not an establishing shot or there's nothing to establish in the film that he did uh, again, do that there's until a lot of clunky editing yeah for certain all right let's, let's get see. into this boner yeah absolutely the uh <laughs> the the hot sex scene here uh we get some peterson dick were you guys so surprised absolutely i was surprised that it was erect yeah not not that she's a good looking lady it's a wide shot like you don't expect you know, to see a sure, erect he, penis. And yeah, but I did not home. expect to see, like, him just going at it, like, him putting her on the bed, and it's just like, oh, shit, that's just, like, his little half wood going on. Yeah. It, I mean, it's not, it's fine. It's a normal penis. It's a good-looking dick. I'm gonna say it's perfectly... Look, William Peterson's... It's beautiful. not, like, an Arnold Terminator knee knocker, Here's but... I'll, I'll just say, I don't care how big his dick is, I think he's beautiful. Okay. And this isn't me. Like, that's great. Obviously, we're all kind of, like little perverts. That's fine. But yeah. mm -hmm. there's a shot where he he takes off his shirt and he throws it at her. Yeah. And she puts his shirt on. She does. It's oddly sexy. It's so sexy. And Nolan, <laughs> the thing that cracked me up is right before you see Peterson's Peterson. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There is this moment mm -hmm. where you go Peterson Jr. Yeah, where you go. I just love a girl in a shirt and nothing else. Yeah, and then it gets ripped down. And then he immediately takes it off. Yeah. It was the perfect timing. I actually, I, I mean. But I, I love that he yeah. gets her clothes to take them back off. And I legitimately think the shot where he he's fully nude. He has his, obviously nope. he gave his shirt to her. His pants are off. 
and they're up against this huge window and yep. she comes up she doesn't have bottoms on right. and she's just got his black shirt yep her against him and mm-hmm. his legs sprawled out. It, I think it looks so beautiful. It does. Great shot. It's very satisfying. <laughs> and there not... are no cuts, and you can understand where the boner comes from. And as you said that, I mean, I, I wrote down, after William Peterson's dick, I also wrote, lady in shirt, no bottoms, it's my kind of pot. So, boobs are great. There's nothing wrong with them. But but I love a girl in a shirt with nothing else. Grinds my gears. Steamy. Really got my dander up, if I'm being honest. That's what I wrote. Wait a minute. That's how I feel. We watched this movie together, usually. I'm me, okay? I'm just doing my thing. <laughs> but I did love that as soon as his ponker shows up, you guys were like, whoa! It's like, <laughs> that's one for a team girl. I'm surprising you, could, you guys. I didn't think you could have an erect penis you, in an R-rated film. I We covered Manhunter and so many things, and I have never revealed that you see his full donker in this. Yeah, that's true. It was good on me. Donker. I was... Surprised. Surprised. Taken back. Delighted. Also, yes. Absolutely mm-hmm. delighted. Like, yeah. this is all great. This is a great scene. Yep. Everybody's flexing. What are you going to do? Uh, next up, I have the uh, William Peterson bridge chase. I really enjoyed this chase scene. It's, it's really great. Where they're running after the two guys. Yeah. We get a lot of talk about uh, Chinese uh, characters and symbols. I'm not going to use the word that they use, so I'll leave it at that. William Peterson trying to persuade... John Turturro to testify in court to reduce his sentence. William Defoe and his cohort kill a man by the name of Jeff and his guys as they failed to kill John Turturro and uh, William Defoe wanted his money back. Yeah, so this whole thing, John Turturro is in jail. He has no, like, he's not going to squeal or anything, and, but it doesn't matter he's losing. just in case. Jeff fails to do the job. That's right. But he was paid up front, so they have, like, a flex-off between yeah. Jeff's guys and Willem Dafoe. They have a nice little fight scene. Yeah. It's true. I really love Willem Dafoe going in this scene, and it's one one Willem Dafoe. Yeah. And it's all of these large men, and he... He's still like, I'm, I'm good. He's... His weird gravitas... Yeah. This character is so brilliant because he automatically thinks he's the most badass person yeah. in the room at all times. One one thing I enjoy about like each of his of each of these scenes and like the one before with the Max character, I think mm-hmm. is his name. Def- Defoe gets beat up to some extent that doesn't dissuade him. It's kind of like the shark getting their nose hit, yeah, and they release. Well, I can just whip I'm around good. and eat you. Yeah, like it I doesn't matter. I'm a shark. Mm-hmm. At no point is he yep. does he falter in that. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty it's great. It's just this calm, commanding yeah. villainy. Absolutely, it's so good. Next, this composition I think was very satisfying. We had a naked uh, William De- Willem Dafoe uh, burning money with his lady in the background, and she is naked as well. Her on the bed, kind of with stuff draped over her. Yeah. It's beautiful, just in and of itself, artistically, it's beautiful. What I don't know if you noticed this, but he it's a paper bag, and yeah. instead of just throwing everything in there, again, for shot composition, he's yeah. scooping money in That's handfuls right. and putting it on, and she asks him, are you going to burn it all? And he's like, yeah, they they had their hands on it, I'm just going to burn everything. Yeah. I'll make more. It's true. It's fine. At some yeah. point, it's like he takes such pride in his artistry, he's constantly burning it, too. William Peterson takes uh, John Turturro to visit his quote-unquote daughter. So at this point, John Turturro, to avoid jail time, 
and because of the murder attempted, you know, murder by Jeff, yeah, yeah, by Jeff, he uh, decides to squeal allegedly, know? allegedly, yep. So they get to the hospital where uh, his quote unquote daughter is. He lies, and uh, when they get up there, he beats up William Peterson, and he escapes. After this, do you guys want to? Because I, I kind of, really, I really don't talk about it. Uh, kind of set up what happens with William Peterson and Johnny, his partner, as they decide to portray a couple individuals from so Florida. I yeah, believe. Yes. They're trying to. Yeah, they're are from Palm Springs. Palm Springs. Yeah, they're Palm Springs is where they're from. They're I'm sorry. trying. Yes. No, you're fine. They're trying to basically get Masters to get Willem Dafoe. They are going to be clients of his. They're they're going to work with him, and they went in on this. Willem Dafoe, there's another amazing scene where they're working out at this oh, gym yeah. where they have a meeting. There's just so much. I will say there's something really interesting about this, which is not surprising. Freakin made cruising. Sure. He's very comfortable with yeah. sexuality in general. That's right. I like that about him, but... There is so much male nudity and just... Yep, there is a lot. Yeah, And and not like... I mean, William Peterson showing his... Yeah. You know, that's one thing. But there's so much male ass in this. Yeah. So much of it. It's All this is great. There's like basically three shots in a row of of three... Like three shots because there's three Uh people in the scene where you get first in a locker room. Bare butt. That's right. In balls. (laughs) On a public gym. On a public gym bench. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's brave, I feel. Yeah, people do that though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, (laughs) I go to to the gym. Some of the older people that go and work out, they will just sit down on the bench, just nude. Wow, that's brave. <laughs> just balls hanging. I mean, that's... they're old. They don't care. No, I, I, no judgment. I mean, I just, I feel sometimes people will put stuff like nudity in for to be tantalizing, to be shocking, to be. This is just very matter of fact. It's true. Yeah. The whole point mm-hmm. of this is they're working on this deal, and they're, you know, uh, John and Chance William Peterson's yeah. character. They're working to, you know, go undercover and portray yeah. these guys that are going to buy in. Willem Dafoe tells them, okay, I'll do business with you, but I don't trust you because I don't know you. Right. So you guys have to do is like $30,000. $30,000 down payment. They go yeah. to their chief. We need $30,000 to do this. He does that much in one day against the government. This is going to be huge. We're going to be able to bust him. And the chief is pissed because they did this deal without notifying him. That's right. So they're, he's like, you can do 10000 That's yeah. not going to cut it. So they're going to have to get this money from someone else. It doesn't go great. It doesn't go great. It doesn't go great. And like I said, leading up to that, as you said, we have the locker room. We have the lifting weight scene. Which is laughable. It's great. It's really good, though. <laughs> no, you you don't love going to the gym. But like, I'm, you know what they're weight. doing is sure. incorrect. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> it was laughable. It is. It's very funny. And then we have the three shot of the boys in the sauna. Peterson on one side sitting down, kind of facing yeah. Defoe. Mm-hmm. Defoe's like yeah. to the side facing the camera, and then the partner John has kind of his back to the yeah. camera most of the time. That's right. No, how come you've never conducted business in a sauna? I mean, that's a good Ooh. question. Uh, like, would you like to live that life, like where <laughs> you're just in the sauna? To be honest, I've never been in a sauna. It looks just it's, obviously it's very sweaty. I don't know. Like, yeah, that's. I the don't point. like to sweat, so that you know. I understand that it would probably help, you know, with with some weight. 
maybe would, would take off some pounds. Well, this is the whole thing. Spending like, kind of like a detox. A like detox. It's, out. It's, it's a detox. Uh, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, I've never really uh, found it something that I would find pleasurable, I would say. So say that you're a counterfeiter, a counterfeiter yeah. or a drug kingpin or something of okay. something sort of insidious in business. Sure. Right? Yeah. Where are you conducting your business? Scarface, they have the yeah. just the mansion. I would think yeah. I'd be more of a, a strip club guy. Okay. You're a strip Ah, the yeah. bada bing. The bada bing. All right. Good to know. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. I hadn't thought about it, but now I have. You got your plan. <laughs> your five-year plan. <laughs> One th- one last thing I wrote down about like this this little scene here of of them doing these different activities it was something I was wrong about. So when I was watching it, you notice after they leave the sauna, each of them have a, like a different robe on. So William Peterson has on a white robe, if I recall. Johnny has a red one, and Defoe has a blue one on. And the way you usually read like colors are, I thought. This would lead to Johnny dying because he's in red. Peterson being the hero because he's in white. And Defoe, blue. Usually that's a cool character, but I also thought like that's probably, he's not going to die, but he's going to get caught. That's what I, how I pictured what he was trying to display. I was I obviously have, wrong. I have, <laughs> on all accounts. There's a lot of interesting things with color in this and that. And it's different from, like, a man yeah, use of color. Absolutely. Or... I think the biggest, like, difference as far as, like, framing and stuff and color palette, I feel like man's films, especially, like, earlier on, have a lot of, like, a, a blue hue to them. Yeah. Like, very cold. Sure. And I feel like this film is very warm. There's some blues, but not. it's not even a man blue. It's it's more neon. It's, more, it's a warmer hue of it. But there's a lot of red and a lot of green. Yeah. I do think red is more of the turning more corrupt. Yeah. I no, I agree. It's, it's not death, and it's, especially... it's not murder. It's that you're yep. you're pulling away from the true blue yep. code of law. And that especially, like, I understood that mm-hmm. once the movie was over. Because, like, looking back, I was like, okay, that makes sense. My read was completely off. But, obviously, Friedkin knows what he's doing. I read it wrong. But as the film ends, it it knows what it's doing, absolutely. Can we, and if it's not a good time to talk about this, if we need to save it for later, that's fine. But is now a good time, since we brought it up, to talk about the Vukovic problem with the, the character writing? We can talk about it now. Okay, so as Nolan stated, Vukovic being his new partner, there there is this hesitancy of being complacent in all the shitty things that Peterson's doing and they get progressively shittier as the film goes. Mm-hmm. And Melanie, I believe that you just said that red signifies like the corruption. So Vukovic, the third act is going to be more apparent what we're talking about. Yeah. If you haven't seen this, when we get to that, it definitely feels like Vukovic is underwritten because by the end of this film, he is the main character and it is his story. So I feel like there's not enough scenes establishing him, his relationship with Chance, Peterson's character, his relationship to just the world. Like what he, Mm -hmm. you know, what moral compass does he have? He's really just, up until the last 20 minutes, he's he's really just an obstacle for William Peterson. Yeah, he's a stand-in in a lot of ways. And 
I find it disappointing because I find the ending is so big and like so flamboyant theatrically what freaking the the tapestry that he's working with that set at the end is so like I'm punching you in the face with what I'm saying to you right now that I feel like the Vukovic character is not built up by the time we get to that moment in the film. I fully agree. And mm -hmm. honestly, I feel like the actor is kind of miscast because I think that if sure. you have a stronger actor and the, the role is underwritten, that's not to, and we, after the film was done, we watched the deleted scene where it had a little bit more. Mm -hmm. He has a whole storyline where he's getting a divorce. He has an ex-wife and it, you know, there, and I wouldn't even say that that scene in particular gives more to that, like more meat to it. It's freaking explaining that scene. You get more information, yeah. but the scene itself, it's like, I can see why you cut it would have stopped the flow of the story. I completely agree. And it's one of the few critics. Again, I, I love this movie. It's one of the few criticisms I have because same at this point in the film, I expected him to die. And I, I fully expected it until I kind of realized what the film was doing. He doesn't play a very big role in the film until he does. If that makes sense. And, it and again, it's not to, I don't know, talk badly about that actor, but I just feel like if you had a stronger... Willem Dafoe and William Peterson are so strong and so good and precise at what they're doing that it feels weird to have the third yeah. lead just not bring that same intensity. Mm -hmm. You think that Pankow got what he deserved by being regulated to Mad About You. Paul Reiser, <laughs> he deserved it. I'm sorry. I, I just, it, again, it's, it's just not a performance that I think this film is so good and so tight. I would have liked to see him. I can't even you tell don't you. You like the pink cow. Yeah. I, no, it's not that I don't like him. I don't like him for this role, which sometimes people get miscast. These things happen. He worked most of the movie for me because I also didn't know. He thought he was just there to witness yes. once, Peterson. Once we get to the to the final scene of the film, it changed a little bit my it's perception of him. Yeah. I like him in the movie. I think it's a screenwriting issue. That he doesn't have a scene or two to establish. Because essentially what they're doing, he's basically doing the like the big operatic procedural version of the story that Training Day is yes. kind of telling. Mm -hmm. But like Training Day is much more focused and those two have more screen time. You understand, you get a feel for both of those people. Mm -hmm. right. And in this, I, I feel like I didn't even get a feel for Peterson until an hour and 20 minutes into the movie. I, I got the general notes. I was like, okay, I mean, I guess he's kind of like Maverick from Top Gun. Like he just, he's in it for the thrills and I stuff. I see that, but, but I then, like, like they there's... do a better job of showing that because his partner, when they have that scene out by the trucks after they're, you know, he's like, no, I'm going to go do this on my own. He tells him, like, they have like a slight exchange where it's like, you always go too far with stuff and that's just, that's going to be your downfall or whatever the line is. Like, I do think that there's, better notes on who Peterson becomes. You just don't get anything with the partner. I think the best drawn character in the film is Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he's the most established character. It, it could be just because of his presence. It's, you know, because sometimes you just see a guy and it's like, in one scene, it's like, oh, I just, I fucking know what's going on here. Like, Lethal Weapon's really good with that. Like, that intro with Mel Gibson, with Danny Glover, like, both their separate intros, it's like, you see it, and it's like, I fucking know who this guy is. Like, well, I, I know this. And I think chemistry. Willem Dafoe is like that in this film, where it's like, you instantly see him. It's like, I feel that energy. Like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're... 
I know like, who you're about. about. Yeah, I know yeah. who you're about. And the, the two cops, Secret Service guys, it, it takes a while for Peterson, and I feel like Vukovic just never develops. Yeah, and I'm sorry to, like, kind of derail this. It's just this is my biggest bugaboo of the film, well, and I think it yeah. speaks onto the rest of the film. Like, I love that yeah. third act, yeah. and I think had they fixed, had, had they figured the Vukovic thing out earlier, the third act, like, I think this would be considered one of the all-time great crime movies. You can overlook that, Absolutely. and it's, you still have so much fun with it, and it's so good, and there's so many other just... There's a lot going on. ...aspects that hit it out of the park sure. that, even though this is a glaring issue, you can look past it. Absolutely. Uh, one thing I want to note, uh, so much Miller High Life, champagne of beers, y'all. Uh, Frothy Miller High Life. Yeah. That was a bad pour. Well, he didn't even pour it. It's still in the bottle. Whatever happened there, it was a bad... <laughs> I don't know what happened. Slammed the beer down. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, William Peterson and uh, Johnny, I'm just going to go through this here. If you guys have something to say, please do. They uh, are tipped about uh, the Asian man that I think I I noted earlier in the film that they arrest him. They take him out a little ways in L- Yes. I'm sorry. We, yeah, because we did derail. That's my fault. This is very important, what you're saying right now. Yes. So they find out they have to get the $30,000 to pay Willem Dafoe. Yep. The only thing that he knows is the thing that his lady hookup yep. mentioned earlier about they were trading 50000 in cash it's for a, diamonds. She's an informant. She feeds him tips. And she told he only ever wanted to hear about cash because he's going after Masters, Willem Dafoe's character. She told him a tip about diamond smuggling and he not interested until he is so, interested. Yeah, they, they get the idea we're going to rob this crime that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like, we're going to use that money to pay Willem Dafoe so we can get our guy. So that's where we're at with, so yeah, two with birds, this. one stone. That's they're right. stopping a crime technically, technically. stealing from the, the robbers, but they're, yep. you know. Yep. So they arrest this man. Uh, they make him strip down. Um, Peterson like destroys his briefcase, trying to find out what's in his briefcase. Well, this is before they strip him down. Before they, yep. Mm -hmm. He breaks into his briefcase. There's just a phone book. Yep. Yep. And uh, so yeah, then they make him strip. Uh, As you said, they they think he is uh, this Chinese guy that they've been talking about, working for William Willem Dafoe's character. So as all this is happening, no, no, separated, separate. It's, I'm it's, sorry, it's a separate crime. Separate crime. Okay. Yeah, he has nothing. My bad no on association. That. This is diamond smuggling. Yes. Okay. So as that's going down, out of nowhere, we we see these two guys look kind of on top of this cliff. Uh, they start shooting down at uh, at the three of them. They end up killing the man that they've made strip. I was kind of confused at this in the moment because I wasn't sure exactly what was going on until we find out what's going on. So anyway. there All of a sudden, yeah. there's just a bunch of people with guns everywhere. The guy that they've arrested, uh, he gets shot and killed. Then we get basically what I think is like an essential action action set piece in this film, which blew my mind. Uh, we get this crazy car chase, insane action set piece that takes place in a lot, like a couple different locations where one, we have like this like shipping. A parking garage at yeah, one point. Yeah, parking garage. We have a uh, an area with uh, trucks yeah, and I trains, forgot where train they tracks. Call that, they call that. It's, the LA it, River. It really took my breath away. This whole scene, it, it's just. Driving in reverse on the freeway. Oh, insane. So this it, is the standout scene that people typically talk about yeah, in this film for good reason. It's so good. It, man, I, I don't know what to say other than I was just in awe. It feels like he was definitely trying to top the French Connection. It doesn't. For, 
I don't know. I I guess so in my head, like the way I'm thinking about it, it's like if we're comparing Friedkin car chases to lightsaber battles, French Connection's kind of like Empire, where it's like a little slower, methodical, but it's kind of like kind of like artsy and probably better. And this is like the Phantom Menace where it's like, holy shit, all this fucking stuff is happening. So, yeah. Like, this, this is crazy. Yeah. This is I didn't even know you could do that with a car. This is definitely the showier of the two, mm-hmm. but I do think Fr- French Connection is, again, Nolan, you'll... Yeah, a movie I have to see at some point. Uh, so all, all I have is this one to go by. And with that being said, my mind was blown. Entertaining and funny to think about is uh, for any video game players out there, uh, GTA Five. You know, a lot of times when I play when I've played that game in the past, I just cause chaos. So that do you want to talk like, about how you? Not that we sure. this is like sidebar the podcast. Yeah. But mm-hmm. One of the funniest things that I've ever <laughs> experienced while I was watching someone else play a video game, GTA yeah. Five. You stole a city That's bus. Right. Yeah. And for probably I would say. Too long, like yeah. maybe ten minutes. You acted as a normal bus driver. Yep. You I went to bus towns. stops. Yep. You picked people I picked up. Picked people up. Yeah. Then you lost. I your lost damn it. Damn mind. Yep. And, and you. We went off roading. Um, people were screaming for their lives. Well, I think you started. You accidentally ran over an old lady. That I did you kill off. someone. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. you were like, "They're after yep. me." And and you just accepted a, your life of crime. Yeah, a car chase ensued with with. And then uh, I think it ended up going, I went off-road. Very similar to, I would say, oh, very to tie similar. it back in. That, you kind of it was ended up in an my area mind. that yeah. was like the L.A. River Absolutely. overpass type thing. Yeah. And GTA Five, you know, as you said, takes place in a uh, quote-unquote California, L.A. area. Um, and yeah, in that scene, I ended up uh, wrecking the bus. And I am sorry if this needs to be cut out. It can, but it's a video game. What are you going to do? I executed all of the passengers in the bus and killed them all. Um, well, you don't need any witnesses. Screaming for their lives. So He didn't yep. do it because he didn't want witnesses. He was annoyed because they were screaming. I wanted it to just stop. Yeah. And I wanted to go on with, with my Whenever bus. Whenever Nolan actually finally just flips his sanity fully, <laughs> I just wanted it to all stop. Yeah, it was a real speed situation where except nobody escapes the situation. They just all die. Um, Dennis Hopper wins. Yeah, that's it right. It was hilarious because <laughs> people get unhinged when I, they play GTA. This yeah. is just a thing that tends that's to That's the fun of it. That yeah. is the fun of mm-hmm. it. I don't sure. know that I've ever seen anyone become unraveled as this one. <laughs> the slightest thing happened where he was functioning as a normal human in this other world the second second life yeah and bumps an old lady she dies mm-hmm. life of crime and it just spiraled i wonder if that's what happened with the person that hit me real life gta that's yeah right. it's like they're they off. they hit me and they're like gotta oh, go undercover oh i gotta commit i'm gonna keep driving into this that's fucker right. let's take him out <laughs> that's right yeah so yeah so they're like yeah. under a bridge now <laughs> it's not good that's right <laughs> So yeah, that, to be honest, that, that was fully on my mind here, especially um, when they decide to go the wrong way uh, on the interstate. I've done this in the game myself. You've done this in life. I've, I have done that in life one time. It was, scared you, the shit out of me. You went on the wrong way. Of With me in the car. Time, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. We lived, so we're here. <laughs> Melanie, this is where you find out that you've been living the sixth sense, and uh, we're <laughs> ghosts. <laughs> we lived. Yeah, we're here. It's just, um, 
a really great action scene. Uh, pure cinema at its finest is what I wrote. Uh, so, yeah. I will... Okay, so back to the story here. After this insanity that was on screen that was so great. The Asian man was... An, we find out he was an undercover FBI agent. Uh, Peterson and Johnny, they basically effed up. So Even though yeah. they didn't shoot him, they did get him killed. Yeah. It's their fault. Well, yeah, and they completely fucked up a sting operation. <laughs> that they did. Uh, I think that's such yeah. a great twist. It is, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's so good. You kind of just, the first time you watch it, I feel like you're, you're <clears throat> it's not like you're totally confused. As soon as they take the undercover cop at the airport, a bunch of guys run up and you're like, oh, those must have been the Diamond guys That's or right. whatever. And then there's all these guys with guns. Like, oh, weird. I wonder if Willem Dafoe might know who they actually are. Is this just all the Diamond trade? All these goons? Yeah. It's, you don't really question it. So whenever they say, yeah. like, he was an well, FBI agent, you're like, of course he was. That makes more sense. And see, I was, while watching the scene, I was a bit confused of, like, trying to understand who the who the guy was that I understood like they were looking for a Chinese man, mm -hmm. but I also like didn't quite fully understand why and who he was working Which with none or of that for. Matter, because right. it's just and so it's a hot tip that the informant Yeah, is. so when all everybody starts surrounding them and everything, I was a bit confused until like when this happens, I was like, Okay, yes, that fully makes sense. Mm -hmm. So yeah, really good stuff. Uh so yeah, uh, I wrote down uh, William, Willem Dafoe is uh, delectably sleazy in this, which I, I think he is great here. William Peterson gets Willem Dafoe his money. Yes. So something I really enjoyed about all this, when Peterson goes to talk to him to set up the deal, like Dafoe's just like, I love your work. Like that whole scene, like that mm -hmm. line, I love because it's like he knows that they didn't have the money and they killed that FBI guy to get the money and he's just delighted by it. Again, there's so much like male sexuality. It's true. I love Willem Dafoe going up to William Peterson. He, you don't see it because it's, it's out of frame. <laughs> he puts his hand down to grab the money belt <clears throat> and it looks like he's just, he says something is this my package or something like that? Yeah, yeah it's, it's very, very sexual. Very tongue-in-cheek, very sexual. This could be the whole time because... So it seems like John Pankow's character, Vukovic, so he's got a relationship with Dean Stockwell's lawyer character mm -hmm. who represents um, Willem Dafoe. Masters. And he's been, like, you know, going to him with... Like, at this point, he's going to him for advice on, like, you know, if I plea about killing the FBI guy or getting him killed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what, what kind of like time am I looking at? And like all this stuff. So like they have a report and like Dean Stockwell is making it seem like he will testify against Defoe. But by the end of the film, it's kind of like, was he in his pocket the whole time? Cause it seemed like William, Willem Defoe knows who these guys are. Especially the entire that time that he's dealing with them. Yeah. Like, he knows that they're cops or, you know, there's, there's federal agents. definitely a moment earlier in the movie after um, after he first talks to them. Like, he goes to talk, Defoe talks to his lady. And it makes it appear like, I think he says something offhanded about them being from Paul Springs. And then later in the movie, he also mentions, like, 
it's, you know, it's you during the, the scene. Yeah, like, like the you don't have a Palms, tan. Yeah, the like, man from Palm Springs. Like he even says tan. that's yeah. not your name, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he knows he well, is fully aware of what's going on. To take it all the way back to Max, where yeah. where they're staking out, you have to think he already knew that that yeah. property was being surveilled by U.S. secret agents, right. whatever. Well, and I think they do a good job with the the Stockwell character that you don't really know at what point that Willem Dafoe knows. Like at this point in the film feel like you get a good sense that he knows but earlier like from the beginning you don't know after uh this uh we have a scene where will uh william peterson uh finds john turturro in his apartment and rearrests him do you love the shot of john turturro coming out with yeah. the gun william peterson it's really good. in the kitchen with the girlfriend <clears throat> yeah also armed oh yeah it's great framing is so well yep. framed absolutely so good yep no very good and uh, so we're gonna kind of go to the last uh, act here so william peterson willem defoe and johnny uh have a meeting uh it goes poorly uh william P- uh, william peterson gets blown away by a shotgun blast to the head so this is at the gym that they met at earlier yes and the goon is there they try to make the arrest. The partner fucks up. Yeah. And Peterson has to save him. I don't know about you, Stacy, but I was very taken aback by these events. Oh, yeah. I was shocked. Something about this movie, like they do these headshots, but it's not done in the traditional way. Like there's no, it's not like a Tom Savini, like mm-hmm. maniac, like shotgun to the head type thing. It, he does these weird, like, it's like a squib goes off in their like upper chest or neck and it just blasts their entire face. He does it two or three times in this movie yeah. where a headshot happens I where it's like, like it a lot, yeah. it's, it's not a traditional headshot, but I really like it. But it's, it's, it's yeah. shocking it because it's, it's so different from other movies that yeah, you know, I, I, do that. I find I it a bit disorienting. Peterson's headshot is a little bit chunkier. They're different, but I will say the way that it, my reaction to it is kind of the way that the gunshots happen in Manhunter, where the way it's edited, it's not exactly the same, but it's that off-putting feeling, like there's a small hesitancy in the editing, and I I find that interesting. It, it doesn't bother me, but I think it's different. I feel like they're all shot medium mm-hmm. center frame. Right. Like, they're almost like insert shots yep. of an effect. Right. And he uses it the, the same shot every time somebody gets yep. shot yeah. in the face. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it is like, because it just flashes in and it's like, blah. Yeah. And also like at this point where you're at in the story, it's like, we're, we're in the third act. Like we're winding down to the finish, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, Peterson's going to die. I didn't expect it to be 15 minutes before the movie was over. I thought it would be at the end of the movie. Yeah. It's shocking. It is. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Let's finish up here. After uh, that scene, Willem Dafoe. A scene of him torching his warehouse that has all his uh, counterfeit bills and his... The infamous warehouse that they were looking for this whole time. All his equipment, yes. Can I tell you what I'm thinking that he's putting out there? Vukovic goes in. At this point, it's like, you know, because his partner died for him. And it's established throughout this film, like, this loyalty him sinking down the going down the rabbit hole of corruption so you have this final showdown in hell covered in flames and he's just like baptized 
in the fires of hell and comes out of it mm-hmm. as an evil fucking prick. I have purification yep. by fire in my notes. Yeah. yeah. Purification it by is, fire. Like he goes in, kills the devil, and takes up his mantle. Absolutely. It that that might sound heavy handed, but that's it the, is. That's the reading though. It's yep. so good. Yeah. And knowing I love how theatric it is. That's why it's so disappointing to me what we spoke about earlier that Vukovic is not an especially established character in this film. Imagine if there's 10, 15 minutes more in this film that's like we get Vukovic as like like a full drawn out, like a, a good story. He's a good character and we're enthralled with what's going on with him and Peterson. Mm-hmm. And you get this ending. This would be an all time great crime film. This ending is so fucking like, just hit you in the face. This is my message. And it's awesome. Another thing that, and this is, that's the big takeaway for sure. But another thing I love is the mirroring of whenever we're introduced to Willem Dafoe's character, him burning the self-portrait. That was my next thing I, I wrote I'm down. I'm sorry, Nolan. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, not I'm glad you said your, Not to take away your vibrato. Absolutely. No, But I just love the mirroring because it's, there, there does feel like there's some repetition in, mm-hmm. in this film and it's purposely done. Yep. I just love the mirroring of that. that Absolutely. That he what ultimately happens to to Defoe. Yep. And he does it himself too because he's yep. trying to light the partner Yankovic, yeah. on fire and he ends up lights himself. lights himself on fire. It's absolutely brilliantly done and it was the next thing in my notes so I'm glad you mentioned it because it's <laughs> no, I, I'm serious. Like, yeah, it's it's wonderful directing and storytelling. So Do you want yeah. to go ahead and take us? Oh, sorry. Well, while not as technically impressive as the burn stunt in like Nightmare on Elm Street, which we recently covered. Yeah. I think it's a really cool looking burn stunt because it's just medium, medium to long masters or whatever. He's just burning and it happens like we focus on it for what a good five, 10 well, seconds. And the like it looks great. The guy's standing and then he falls over and then it just shows like at that point, obviously it's like a dummy or yep. whatever, uh-huh. but just shows it burning. Yep. It's, it's a yeah, long focus shot. It's a uh, lovely image. Well, yeah. like with the set and how it's dressed and stuff, Vukovic is like <laughs> personal descent into hell. Yeah, it works. Like this, at this point, just fucking solid. Also, something, yep. this is a little thing, but I do love a, a red marking corruption. The doors to the factory are red, and I love that he, you mm-hmm. can see flames already when he's coming yep. up to the gates of hell but i love him opening the door and it's kind of off to the side of the shot and it's from kind of far away and he opens that red door and stands there for a moment and just the light pouring out it's beautiful it is it looks so good yep absolutely so finish up here real quick willem defoe's ladies get out scotch-free and escape so his i don't know what she was to him but his love interest and then the other girl that worked this is totally a side thing, but yeah. I do love the, for women that aren't really, I think there's enough of them in the film. They don't have to be more written because they serve a purpose. Sure. And I think that they're very good in those roles. Mm-hmm. But I do love that his girl, every time that Willem Dafoe and like her are doing a thing, uh, there's like two scenes where she's yep. not in with them, but the girls focus on each other That's constantly. True. Yep. I love that they just kind of, they get a thumb on Louise ending. That's right. Just yeah. driving off into the sunset yeah. together with the money. Yeah. There's there's one uh, image in particular. I think it's the last 
image we see of Willem Dafoe with the two ladies is like one of them is is on coming the down the stairs, yeah. yeah, and the other is on the couch, and obviously, yes, as you said, they make very like raw eye contact there. There's yeah. a there's a lot of mm-hmm. good again. Yeah. It's they're they're both good enough in those moments that yeah. there's chemistry just naturally. So you don't need any more mm-hmm. into that. It's just enough. Yeah. To speak on your point. And, and I think, like, this is a criticism with, like, these type of movies, like, these guy films that women, especially Michael Mann's gotten that criticism, women he, aren't well-written in his I, films, typically. Yeah, apart typically. from Manhunter, I feel like all women in his films are underwritten. Yeah, a lot so, of time they're just there to serve a purpose. So, I think in yeah. this film, I actually think Ruth, so that is the informant, played by Darlene Flugel. I think that she's actually a well-written character with a lot of layers, like, by the time you get to this third act reveal of her knowing that it was an FBI, and it, the whole relationship with her and Peterson is he had this, if she didn't inform to him, He's gonna he was going to put her role. back in jail. Yeah, he was going to Like, he had role. this power over her, so, like, she's trying to take power back and get dirt on him by getting him to bust up this FBI, like, the FBI sting, and... I, I just think that's such smart writing and like mm. she is a good character by the end of it. She's well developed. By the end of the film it's clearly laid out. We also didn't talk about this towards the middle of the film whenever Peterson decides that he is interested because they need the money for the deal with uh, Defoe's character. He goes to her at her place of employment which is a strip club mm-hmm. and she's kind of like the receptionist at a strip club basically. Yeah. So she's sitting at the front which the lighting is killer in there. There's a lot of reds and greens again corruption Mm -hmm. and greed and Mm -hmm. money all these things great score it's yeah it's great and i love she's great in that scene the way it's set up the lighting i think you have a exotic dancer kind of in the background just doing her thing behind uh peterson and the lighting on her is so good her wardrobe's really cool it's just awesome she's a great character Mm -hmm. and she does a great job well i think that like even speaking to her how like how good of a character she is and like how interesting this power struggle, like where she's just trying to establish some sort of power in that relationship. I think the sex scene with like her putting his shirt on and like, she is the one who engages, like she walks over. Like I, I find power in that, like just her being sexy Mm -hmm. in that moment. Very true. I think she's a great character in the film. I, I think all of the women are actually very strong in this. Even, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even though th- I wouldn't say, like, the Defoe's woman and her mm-hmm. partner, they don't have as much to do. Sure. But what they do, it's the perfect amount, yep. and you fully get a feel for who they are. I agree. Absolutely. Johnny, he ends up visiting Ruth, uh, which was William Peterson's lady, accuses uh, her of setting up him and William Peterson with the Chinese FBI agent. Which, again, it's very apparent that that is what happened. Yep. Uh, Johnny tells her, basically, to end the film, that she is working for him now. And credits roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you guys think of this end? There is an alternative ending we should talk about just very briefly, where the studio wanted Peterson to be alive at the end of it, because they're like, people yep. like him, you keep him alive. <laughs> so they shot, and Friedkin was annoyed about it, Peterson. Peterson was annoyed. Like, they all hated yeah. it. Don't they send him to, like, Alaska? Something they weird. send him to a compound in Alaska. Alaska, yeah. And, and then, like, the secret, 
their director takes credit for the bust. Yeah. And it's just like a like a huckster, like, ha ha, we like, got you. Like the partner looks over at Peterson and smiles, and Peterson smiles to himself and is just like, huh. And then it does like a pan out and of the outside of the facility and it says Alaska. And yep. it's just like, cool. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it's, it's trash. It's not good. I'm, I'm glad that the ending they have is the one that was chosen. Yes. Oh, yeah. Because. Absolutely. That would have completely negated the whole warehouse scene of Vukovic descent, his descent into hell, sure. like yeah. literal hell. Obviously, I love Peterson. I want to watch him mm-hmm. all the time, but he his character did need to die at that yeah. moment. It doesn't make any sense. Peterson has a really funny comment in one of the interviews where he's like, apparently I survived a shot to the face, so <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Like, he's so annoyed by it. He's like, great. this is so stupid. Yeah. So real quick on the movie, I know we're going to get to final thoughts and categories, but like, what do you guys think about the technique that Friedkin used? Whenever characters, they would have allusions to what what they're thinking of scenes from earlier in the film. So mm-hmm. the third act, when he Vukovic comes in, and she's understanding what this arrangement is now. And she has flashbacks to William Peterson. It happens with Peterson, like during the car chase, I believe, where he's thinking about base jumping. And then Vukovic is just thinking about like just being panicked or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of this technique? Like it's very on the nose and heavy handed, but it's, I loved it. I was going to say it's heavy handed, but to me that matches so much of the themes of the film where he is painting and in very precise strokes that are just what you see is what you get. I like it. Oh, I think I, it's effective. Yeah. And it's smart. I, it's, absolutely. Sometimes the obvious thing is still the smart thing. I, in my opinion, heavy head, heavy handedness and uh, didacticism can both work when it fits the themes, what the director is going for. And in this, absolutely it works. It, yeah. It's what Friedkin was going for. It fits perfectly with, with the themes of the movie. So we're like all three on the same page. I think so. Yeah. This is a great movie with like an uh, annoying flaw that could have made it like a great, yeah, great movie. Like if, if I was to do a star rating, this is like a four star movie. And with, with if some of those flaws could have been what we talked about, it it would have been a masterpiece where it is. I think it's a great film that I can't wait to watch again. Mm-hmm. Since we're going to move into categories, I just want to go ahead. So we're not like repetitive. My low is the partner issue. I'm assuming that's what your lows are as well. If yes, we, if, underwritten. If we want to, yeah, it's the underdeveloped partner relationship. That so is my low. That I I definitely agree with that, but I'm gonna go just to be different. Uh, not enough smooth talking, uh, foul mouth, John Turturro. As I mentioned to him earlier, <laughs> oh, you alluded to this yes, earlier the, in the episode. There is a great conversation between Turturro and Willem Dafoe in the police well he's in jail and, and defoe goes to talk to him on the phone do you like that his character is constantly carrying around a bottle of pepto-bismol absolutely <laughs> I, 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 I just imagine they, that he's stressed and he has ulcers i'm just like i feel that dude that's my life so i mean yeah he's a mule yeah. what's happening in your life just just a lot of depression and uh insufficient qualities the world are you me <laughs> but also I mean, the world as well. You can yeah. work on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totoro's great. I, I wish we had more of it. Oh, yeah. My low is the, the screenplay. I mean, honestly, outside of the Vukovic stuff of like him not being a better written character, the only other thing I can think of is there's 
some sloppy editing in the film, but I think that is because it is lower budget, maybe not enough footage. It's really the screenplay. The the Vukovic stuff is not as satisfying. That is, yeah. That's, that's my low. Yeah. I, just to go ahead and, and move on to Absolutely. highs. That's, that is what it is. <clears throat> Nolan, you want to do your high? Uh, high is uh, the William Peterson and Ruth sex scene. Absolutely. Is, I think you're just going to straight up say William Peterson's or just dick. his dick. I mean, William Peterson's yeah. semi erect penis. Yeah. I will. It's a it's a very good sex scene. Like it's, it's staged very well. They're both freaking hot. It's no. like if you're if you're you know a young couple in the theater seeing this, you're like, man, it's steamy. I can't wait till this movie's over because I want to go fuck like that. Let's go home. Yeah, that reminds me of Lethal Weapon too. Oh wow, she's beautiful. She makes me want to go buy rubbers right now. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to be delicate about the situation, very well staged. Yeah. It looks great. It looks so good. It's a handsome dick. It, there's a lot of sex scenes that you kind of are just waiting for them to go over or to get over. Most of the 90s? Most of the 90s. Bad mm-hmm. music, bad choreograph, sure. bad... Bad staging, just, bad lighting. It's not great. This, it's like, I could have I could have had like five more seconds Yeah, I, I didn't want it to stop. <laughs> so that's your high. Yeah. That's going to be my high. I think Vukovic in hell. I think that just that swing of just the cojones on freaking I'm killing my main character. This is your character now. And this is his descent into hell. Like I've done Apocalypse Now, but I did it in 30 seconds. Nice. (laughs) And I also love the idea of doing something that the studio doesn't want but doing mm-hmm. it better than what they did want, so they don't have an option. They're like, they say but both There ways, is no option. And they're like, fine, yeah, you're right. I guess yeah. we have to do the other ending. Yeah, like that, the whole warehouse sequence, I just think, like, that's such a killer, just so theatrical and over the top and on the nose, and it just works. It's visually just stunning. It's operatic. It's It's, it's so good. Mm-hmm. My high is, I've got two technically, if I could cheat just a I mean, I did a little. a little bit. My high is the counterfeit scene. I think it's, mm, yeah. I again, my, I think my high in Manhunter, I think is the. Dollar hide letter. The dollar hide letter. <clears throat> I love that whole segment. This feels, again, they're married to me. Very mm-hmm. similar. I love it. I think it's perfect. I think Willem Dafoe is so damn good in this role. I just, it's a beautiful scene. Alternatively, William Peterson, mid eighties, just mm-hmm. in general, high, mm-hmm. so good, mm-hmm. fashion, acting. I wish we would have got more after this. He kind of after Manhunter, he kind of stepped away a little bit. He went more back to stage acting, and then he did television later on. Funny enough, he he felt like he was going to get typecast into this type of role because he had two intense detectives back to back. But he ended up doing, what, like, CSI or one For, of like, 11 years. Yeah. Of course, he's, like, I think one of the richest television actors ever because he, of it. This era, Peterson, is top-notch. He's such a brilliant actor. Love him. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Do we have Make Him Laughs? One can't help but uh, pick the Peterson, Defoe, Johnny, Dude Time, Guys Rock, Locker Room Talk, Weightlifting, Sauna. Yeah, for me, it's going to be the weightlifting. Watching William Peterson do... A tricep push down mm. on the V bar. Classic. That's bad form, bro. I'm gonna say this is cheating too. It's not a moment in the film specifically, but I 
love watching this with people who haven't watched it before and the reaction to the car chase scene and the reaction to William Defoe or William Defoe, William Peterson getting shot in the face. Mm. Your guys's reaction mm -hmm. It was so perfect. And again, I just, <laughs> it's like the joys of sharing films that you really love with other people, like yeah. watching them in a group. It is always so good whenever there's those moments that are coming that you're like, this is going to hit for them. And I'm so excited that they're getting to experience this for the first time. Pure joy for Absolutely. me. So good. Love that. Final thoughts for me is find a Blu-ray this. You should buy it because it's worth watching, re-watching. Uh, I know I will be. There's the, I think in circulation, the there's the Arrow UK, they have a, I mm -hmm. think that has features on it. I don't know if your Shout Factory one's still in print it's or not. It's not. It's out of print. I have just a bare bones Blu-ray that you can get. However you can watch it, go watch it. This is a great movie, and uh, I couldn't have been happier that we discussed it on here. So, yeah. I love this fucking film. I think there's so much stylish flair. Friedkin is just one of the best to ever do it. And he flexes so hard in this film, like so much confidence in what he's doing. This is a phenomenal director's film. It's great. This is so close to being a masterpiece, so close to being a great film that it's frustrating that they just couldn't land some of it to make it just a masterpiece. I love this film. I am so glad that you guys, I, there's always like that hope that someone is like, this feels like a film that you guys would like, but there's always that, well, maybe it won't hit for somebody. I don't know. I am so glad that you guys enjoyed this. I love this film. Streets on Fire, LA on Fire, Scorched, Neon Hearts, so good. It's so, it, even with those glaring character issues, it's so good. Can I say this kind of reminded me of watching Streets on Fire? Because it's Streets like, of, yeah. Streets of Fire, because I it's, how the fuck have I not seen this until <laughs> now? This is so good. This is up my alley. Why did 20-year-old Stacy miss out on this? Like, why did I not get it until now? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? This is great. I wish I've... I wish I've seen this seven times now. Yeah. Well, all I can say, and I think I speak for both of us, is thank you. Because, not that we wouldn't watch it at some point, but what you got I, us to that Well, point. I think this was a great conversation. Mary Fuck Kill, Willem Dafoe, William okay. Peterson, and John Pinko. Okay. Let me think about this real quick. I can go. You go for it. Okay. So, I'm going to... <sighs> I'm going to kill Vukovic just because he's not as well developed as I would like. I love where he ended up, but the journey there was a little rough until the end. Do you, so is the interest of marrying or fucking him more appealing once he gets out of hell? Oh yeah. Once, once he emerges, had we gotten a sequel to this, the Vukovic story? Okay. Yeah, I'm down. I think I'm going to marry Willem Dafoe. He's got all that fake money. He's also, like, he's a generous lover. And he's willing to share. Like, he's just bringing in ladies to share with his lady. Maybe I can have some ladies or boys on the side. Men on the side. Please edit. You know, he, he seems like a decent guy. Mm -hmm. He's got all of his bases covered. Okay. He does business out of a sauna. That mm -hmm. is a fancy man. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fuck Peterson. 
Just because, like, you know, he's good to go. I think that his character in this is too unstable to have a relationship built around it. He's always after that thrill. He He's kind of a dirtbag. He's probably the evilest person in this movie. He had no qualms about that FBI guy getting killed. He was just like, on to the next thing. Yeah. But, you know, he looks good. He's got a good style. It's, I mean, it's an alright dick. We can make the penises touch. That is my exact pick. I'm killing Vukovic out of here. Don't care. I am marrying Willem Dafoe because that is beautiful home style. Mm -hmm. Him, I am not like huge on turtlenecks. Him at a white turtleneck, anyone else, I'm not into it. There is something about him in a white turtleneck, very like his girl getting ready, him walking in, in that mirror shot. It's so good. We didn't really talk about that either. Classy man, provider, love everything about it. Peterson, <laughs> I'll just say it. that sex scene, that is a good dick. I'm into everything that happened in that scene. I like it. Willing to recreate it with him. That's the <laughs> choice for me. I think both these are solid choices. I'm gonna be different just to to just, to just do it. it. Um, I'll I'll do something I don't usually do. So I'll go contextually with the film. I'm going to marry Johnny. Uh, I like his turn at the end. You like a bad boy, you know? I do. That comes through. And maybe maybe we're gonna. I don't know. Maybe we got some adventures in hand. I don't know. I don't know. He he's kind of nothing, but at the same time. He turns into something. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I'm going to F. William Peterson because I have to. And killing Willem Dafoe, even though I like him a lot and I think he is gorgeous. And we just can't. You know. I mean, all three of them are psychotic by the end. All three have issues. Absolutely. I do like Mm -hmm. them, but he is crazy. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Um, I hope Johnny provides for me. I'm not providing for him. So I hope for the best plan for the worst. But no matter what, at least I'll get a good F from William Peterson. Mm-hmm. All right, will you put his polo shirt on and just go bare bottom? Oh, absolutely. He's gonna win you the poo so hard. For that's right, Peterson. Mm-hmm. If that's what he wants, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to end this. This is gonna be so ridiculously long and so off the beaten path. That's true. I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not either. It's been fun. Uh, this has been a good conversation with a, for a great movie so to wrap things things up you can uh, find us on twitter at cinema parlor you can find us on instagram at cinema parlor uh, you can find us on itunes soundcloud spotify wherever you find your podcast at cinema parlor rate review uh, please uh, anything helps if you give us some reviews we will read them on air i don't believe we had any this week but that's all right someday i think we will if we are uh, consistent with our message. Uh, <laughs> you can find me. That sounded so sad. Personally, at Check Madden Jr. on Letterboxd. Uh, S Glover 84 on Letterboxd. Plastic Werewolf on all social media. With that said, I think uh, we're going to wrap this up. Uh, we'll be back here in a couple weeks. And, uh, you know, thanks for listening. And uh, everybody enjoy uh, this holiday season.
Is this the room I left my 